Well, hello again, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Weirdly Magical podcast. And I am Lou or Louise Eddington, and I am an astrologer and writer who's right in the middle of writing her second book <laughs> and actually feeling good about it today. Now we've had the Leo New Moon. <laughs> it was a bit brutal leading up to that. Um, what else do I have to tell you? Oh, yes, I do um, astrology readings. I do writings. I have a membership site where um, people can get my almost daily um, astrology articles, uh, months ahead, um, forecasts and more. Uh, check that out. You can find a link to it on my website, louiseeddington.com. And I help you to live in deep self-awareness and acceptance and I'm Jen and yes excited to be back now we're in August moving ahead I'm an Akashic guide and healer soul mentor numerologist teacher and creator of the illuminating journey cards uh, and I guide my clients and you to awaken your soul's choice so you can illuminate your wisdom, trust your knowing, and hear your guidance. And I offer a Akashic readings, uh, numerology card readings. I also have a group, a community, membership, and uh, just show up in different places. Me too. And we'll, we'll give you more links at the end of the podcast to follow us. Um, before I look at the chart and mention what we're going to talk about today, um, I do want to thank everybody that left us reviews on iTunes. Um, reviews, um, written reviews especially, really help the podcast get noticed. So if you've never left us a review, please con consider doing so. Um, and we also have a Patreon for $3 a month. You can support our podcast and we'll be introducing special patron only content moving forward. And that's patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. And um, on each episode, we feature listener questions. If we've had any, and we have a great one today. We'll talk about that um, after we look at the chart of the, um, of the um, energies upcoming. Questions need to be emailed to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and one question will be chosen at random. We won't share any personal details on the podcast other than your, uh, your first name. So um, email us your questions. And today we are looking at the energies of the um, full moon that takes place at 22 degrees and 24 minutes of Aquarius on August the 15th at 1.29 p.m. UK time. And um, what else was I going to say about that? We're, we're going to talk about the energies leading up to it too because we have a, a, few, um, a few things um, ahead of it or just before the full moon that are very relevant. And um, so we're going to dive into that. Now, uh, the full moon, as I said, is at 22 degrees and 24 minutes. A full moon is an opposition. So we have the moon at 24, 22, 24 Aquarius and the sun at 22, 24 degrees Leo. The full moon is conjunct Venus. Um, 
almost exactly the day before we have what's called the venus star point which is when the sun and moon are as uh, so the sun and venus are conjunct um we also have mercury at f almost at the end of four degrees of leo which means mercury will have left the shadow of his retrograde um also four days before jupiter stations direct and um, a little bit before as well, Uranus stations retrograde. On the 11th. On the 11th, same day as um, Jupiter, isn't it? Yeah. Right. And, and this full moon is squaring Vesta in Taurus and also is in aspect to retrograde Eris in Aries. So there's a, quite a lot to talk about on there. There's a lot particularly of fire and air so really think about the elemental energy of all this you could also actually jen uh, would you agree say that um it's pretty much in square to Pallas athena over in libra as well another another air sign right um and Pallas and um eris will have just been opposite each other just before this um so uh oh and i've just noticed we have a lovely mystic rectangle in the chart as well. So perhaps I'll mention that, but let's go to the numbers. We <laughs> <laughs> like mystic rectangles. Yes. It's time to be in the mystical. Yes. So let's look at the numbers. We know this is on the 15th, which is a uh, very powerful number in its uh, own right. It's a, um, the, uh, an alchemic or magnetic number and so that kind of summons up the energy of uh, uh, our ability to uh, kind of enter that field of, of um, abundance and and creation it's so it really invites us to be present and present with the idea of change so that we can alchemize our the things we do into a service of love doing what we love and feeling the joy around it which i think has a lot to do with this moon mm. uh, in actual fact so it's highly significant and of course the 15 is always that kind of middle place isn't it the middle of the chart the numbers so it is a key entry point um we're looking at a 20 universal year, um, universal month. So that in itself is significant because the 20 reduces to the two. It has the energy of the, um, of the divine when you have the zero attached to it. And the two is about connection, contribution, uh, uh, connecting with others, uh, working with others and it is one of the manifesting numbers so what's also interesting is we have the um and it talks about the division and connection and about awakening ourselves into a new space which again addresses this particular moon uh, then we have the 22 degrees which is a master number and that's a double two so we have more twos and that adds up to a four. And the 22 is about being the master architect or the diviner of peace. So allowing us to really decide what is this thing we're building? What are we creating? So we can feel the energy now is moving us into actual manifestation. We're being 
guided to really focus on what it is we're building going forward in this new world as the patriarchal system crumbles. Even though everything hasn't crumbled, everything hasn't fallen apart, we still have to plan for what's coming next. We still need to take those steps, remembering that this year is a 12-year, which, you know, universal year, 2 plus 1 plus 9, and that 12 is a one plus two, which equals three. So it's that step-by-step process. So all of these numbers are kind of guiding us into this place of remembering that when we, uh, when something is ending, even before it's actually ended, we still have to not only plan and have these creative ideas, but also start to kind of lay the land or the ground out for where we're going. So the 22 invites that uh, willingness to not only see ourselves as individuals and the collective of people working towards change, but also being willing to partner with others. This is a key part of the two, is partnering with partnering. This month is about partnering, whether it's with the divine, with our, us and our businesses, with us and our uh, divine purpose. We're very much being... Uh, um, inspired by the divine purpose that we have or that we have that is uh, kind of pushing us to go beyond where we've been giving us the courage so 22 is this number that invites us to uh, make things happen and then of course the four with the two and two gives the four that is very much a grounding earthy number so now we have the two and the four and then we also have an eight not only is this an eight month with August, but the actual universal date is a 26. So that's an eight. So two, four, eight, these are all the manifesting numbers. So we know that this um, new full moon is about manifesting. It's about making these things real. And when we're talking about manifesting, taking on leadership, being willing to have a bigger picture and really doing the work, the, the detail crossing the eyes, connecting with people in the right way, having those right kinds of conversations so that we can actually uh, get past our resentment and our stories about how people treated us and all of those kind of things and going, well, I can live in the past or I can have my muddled idea about the future because of what's happened. Like, you know, that kind of hoping things will happen, but thinking in the back of our minds that, oh, well, nothing's going to work out because it worked out the way it did before. So this is this idea of this fresh way of looking. Now we're being given this opportunity to um, design something new. So we have to take the responsibility of releasing old ideas or the, our resentment or suffering of the past so we can really be present to do wonderful new things going forward. And uh, just before we, I, I say something, I did want to say it. We forgot to do cards. We'll do those at, before the question at the end. <laughs> Remind wow. again. But anyway, yes. yeah, I wanted to mention the, the importance of that 22 because, of course, 22 degrees Capricorn is where um, Saturn and Pluto and everything, Ceres uh, and the Sun, are all going to meet in January um, of 2022. Says more twos, <laughs> so and and we have not only the full moon at twenty two, we have Venus at twenty two, and Vesta at twenty two. So everything 
thing that Jen has said about these these um, this twenty two is is so important. We also have series at two degrees, and um, so there's more twos. Um, uh, yeah. Iris is at twenty four degrees, and of course the full moon is at twenty two degrees in twenty four minutes. So, you know, it's just stock full of these numbers that um, Jen has talked about. Um, but you know, from an astrological ex- uh, um, perspective, when I look at this chart, what I find most interesting, first of all, there's a lot to it, of course, is that um, all this stellium in Leo is all opposing this um, this moon over there in Aquarius, and of course, we're heading into the age of Aquarius, and um, under this moon, both both Mercury and um, and Venus, and no, not Mercury, Venus and Mars are under the beams of the sun. And and when they're under the beams, that, that means that they're not visible from our naked um, eye for, or for even from a telescope because the sun's light is, um, is blinding out um, the light of the planets. And in fact, this, the Venus is actually behind um, the sun on this, um, from our perspective. Yeah. So, and I think Mars is too. I'm not, I'm not really hot on the astronomy. I need to do Gemini Brett's class one day, but, (laughs) but, uh, but what it means to me is that um, Venus and Mars are our anima and animus really in our chart. They're the divine feminine and the divine masculine. We've all heard of, you know, men are from women, um, men are from Mars and women are from Venus or whatever it's called. I don't totally subscribe with that completely uh but but they are male and female energies and here they are we can't see them the sun is blocking that out and it's all being um pointed towards the the moon in aquarius at the other end and aquarius to my mind is one of the most androgynous signs so it feels like it's just being really um everything's really being um shifted into um a different balance if you like uh, we're kind of uh, being pulled away from and jen and i were talking about this before we started the 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 groups uh, we thought we were a part of and being kind of uh, pushed out of them we're realizing we don't belong there anymore it's not in a horrible way it's just a shifting you know and um to go jen mentioned focus a lot in the, in um in the numbers it's it's so you can detach that's another very good aquarius word so that you can focus on all this new creation over there in leo because the sun rules leo and there's the sun really in uh in the strongest position um for um for that energy and i was going to say for him but the sun has been feminine in many um (laughs) in many um, cultures in the past it, the, the sun is our core our ego so what all that to kind of say <laughs> is i feel this opposition is this this month is so creative but it's we are a new us as being created we are creating our new core self our new ego it's being really upgraded by this by the light of the sun in so many ways 
and Mercury's pretty close to not far behind, you know, Mercury's just out of his shadow and he's going to be galloping at such a speed um, by this full moon that he's going to catch up with the sun soon as well. So really I see this whole conflagration in Leo as of all the personal planets they're called um, Mercury, Venus and Mars. Uh, they're the most personal parts of ourselves is this big upgrade and this need to detach away from it um, emotionally with the moon in Aquarius. And then the square to Vesta, of course, is almost exact from the full moon. And, and that's real focus and commitment. And it's in a Venus ruled sign, um, you know, um, and it's in the sign that I connect most with Mother Earth, Gaia. So there's a lot of connecting to the earth and, and just getting really creative as you not only create what you want to create in life, it's more about creating your essence in you, um, your new essence. And I'll come back to the mystic triangle after Jen said something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yummy, juicy, yummy. It is yummy. Oh, yes. Very lovely to have all of this magical aspect. I, I think that that's a really key part of uh, the underlying aspect of um, August is in traditional um, space. First of all, just the word August, uh, even though I know it was named after Augustus. Uh, but August, the word August has to do with uh, being... Uh, something that's uh, of a higher nature that is so beautiful and it's uh, part of that aspect that we must now even the part of leo or the lion is that it's the part of us that is so beautiful that it's not the part that we've looked at or criticized and been oh you've got such a big ego or you think so much about yourself mm. but it is the essence of the heart the heart of the lion the um, the courage and the beauty of the self the willingness to shine our light just the aspect of the 19 of the year is helping us to in this uh, this particular month is so important it is has that august energy of kind of royal energy of going this is who i am this is who i need to express it doesn't matter like i cannot um kind of suppress my voice to belong in a group where uh, i'm not relating to other people right so that's kind of the idea of moving away from groups, moving away from people, moving away from ideas that are that have passed their prime. They're kind of old-fashioned. The Aquarian age or the Aquarian energy here is pulling us to the future. We know that what the future is about is new ideas. It's about new energy of um, creativity, us showing up as we are so i think that's a very important aspect that the truth of who we are the heart and the courage of who we are is being highlighted by the moon which is kind of isolated by itself there pointing at all this energy uh, and creating this incredible like spotlight going here you are here's all your personality here are all the factors that make you um, you know uh, divine in a human form that you need to now cultivate and own and instead of using all your energy to kind of hang with people and be accepted oh will you like me 
you know, I'll just agree with you. Yes, let's all get along with one another. Um, it's saying you don't need to subjugate yourself in order to uh, get along. Like mm -hmm. this is the whole point is be who you are and then learn how to, and we all have to now learn how to connect with others and partner with others, even though we have our foibles. So uh, instead of us not saying something, we say what we desire. We can try to say it kindly. And if, you know, we're annoying someone or irritating them, uh, instead of them uh, shooting us down, it's like, I recognize that I don't want to hear this, or I don't want to do it. It's like, it's just changing boundaries. The two is about boundaries too. So it's very important mm -hmm. to understand that our authority is, is more powerful and who we are is more powerful if we understand we have boundaries. And so we can say, this is what I need. This is what I'd like. This is what I need for my relationships. And the people we meet, if they don't meet those things, they can leave or change or we can change. Or we can do more when we're in truth. This is about being in truth with ourselves. And I think that has a lot to do also with the idea of Vesta being so, um, you know, highlighted here is that's also about truth. Vesta is about the flame of truth. It's about this idea. I have been such and such. I've shown up some way, but that's not really me. And I want to show who I really are, who I really are, who I really am. <laughs> and I also want to mention that I didn't is this month being a 20 month is so key. It's like a mini version of what's going to be happening next year because it's the repetition, the 2020 mm -hmm. and the 22, as you mentioned, it's like the 22 is so key because it's reinforcing the number of the 2020 year and this idea of mastering our fear of creating our own lives and being of service like we are more powerful in service or of service when we are true to ourselves and the, our divine mission when we're trying to please other people do what they're telling us to do uh, then we're we're going to be defocused we're going to lose our sense of self and then we lose our mission so we've got to stay focused and go okay i don't need to um do what other people are doing. And I think that's key to what you're talking about, Lou, that idea of the sun kind of putting its light on both Venus and Mars so that they're the old way of us being in male and female or whatever is being discharged. And yes. so a new energy can come through. And I think you were saying that mm -hmm. the new energy of we recreating that or reestablishing the truth of our nature and how that fits in and how that'll serve our purpose. And Jen mentioned boundaries and, and that brought to mind um, the rulership of the moon because, you know, it is a full moon. So it's the moon in Aquarius. And um, we mentioned that Uranus um, chain, turned direct four days before this full moon, or will do, and at six degrees of Taurus in the Venus-ruled sign. So he's reversing direction, and, and Uranus is very much about um, uniqueness and individuality as well. He's a bit of the rebel. He's like, I'm going to change things up. I'm going to do things differently. But the other um, the traditional ruler of Aquarius, of course, is Saturn. And he's in the sign of his rulership in Capricorn. 
enabling people to really create their own very strong boundaries and personal boundaries and to, to kind of establish their own rules. So I don't want to talk about that lots, but it just came to mind. Um, the mystic triangle I find really fascinating because <laughs> that's, that's from all that Leo energy, really. Um, yeah, I just wanted to clarify, I was just looking, isn't Uranus going into retrograde? No, he's already retrograde. He's coming out of retrograde? Okay. I don't know. No, he's just turning retrograde. Oh, he's turning retrograde. On the 11th. That's right. I was just wanting to clarify that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going backwards, going, let's review this kind of thing. Our individual. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyway, the mystic triangle. So a mystic triangle is always made up of two elements. Okay. So in this case, we've got the opposition. It's and it's made up of two oppositions, which are joined in kind of a, a rectangle <laughs> from the other from the four uh, points. And we have the two oppositions are from this full moon, obviously. And then we've got Eris in Aries, another fire sign, and Pallas Athena in Libra, another air sign. So this is a fire and air mystic triangle. And a mystic triangle is really a very harmonious and beautiful aspect, um, as its name suggests. And it is really, you know, um, the aspects to my mind all come together in, in this beautiful configuration to, it's for a kind of, for another upgrade, really, I always think, or a mystical upgrade. And of course, air and fire signs are very much to do with spirit. Air itself is to do with fire. Uh, I mean, to do with uh, spirit itself. Um, and um, fire is is to do with burning off the phoenix rising, that kind of energy. And air fans the flames of fire. So I think this is yet another part in the spiritual upgrade that we're all experiencing in humanity you might think are we (laughs) with all that's going on but you know I look at um I I, you know I'm a political animal and I watch both debates and uh, you know I've never been the biggest fan but I look at Marianne Williamson on the debate stage and the the concepts and language that she's introducing into um, into the world of politics it's like unheard of kind of thing and she's actually getting attention and focus from it you know so I don't care whether you support her or not it's not that it's about the energy that's coming into it um, so you know I see this leading up to this full moon I see people are starting to burn off the old ways they're going to go well you know um, and there's a lot of fighting about it of course on online <laughs> but they're going well you know it's not rational it's not science and I'm going well actually science is caught up with a lot of what she's saying (laughs) (laughs) so yes if you look for it this spiritual upgrade is there and what I mean by spiritual upgrade is not nothing to do with religion it's to it it's we've talked about it before it's recognizing the connectedness of all and and knowing that we're all in it together, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be a part of all these groups that you no longer feel a part of, but it's recognizing that everything we do affects the other person. So 
that mystic rectangle is really is really drawing that in, I think. And with the energy of um, Eris and uh, Pallas Athena, it's got a bit of a, a disruptive kind of um, justice um, uh, kind of energy. And Juno is up there by the in in Leo with all those Leo planets as well. And she is um, a lot to do with social justice, I find in. Um, in these mundane charts, uh, the rights of the oppressed, women's rights, all that kind of stuff. Also, you know, Aquarius, um, probably a lot to do with the immigrants too. So, Right. And I think Juno also has an aspect, a death aspect, which is also, um, you know, makes sense in the terms of what, what needs to die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. allowing all of that, which is no longer useful to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's recognizing what are the role of the um, the system, the matriarchal system that is now beginning to emerge. And to me, the role of the matriarchal system is this kind of, in a sense, the Aquarian, even though it's not, you know, it's um, like you said, um, and whatever, right. Not uh, doesn't really have a sex, but in terms of, androgynous but in terms of this idea of um bringing new ideas right that's the role of the matriarchal system is like these things don't work this works we need to change things we need to move things around and not being afraid of that there's very much this idea this protesting that's coming through with each of these different females playing their own role each of them different and yet supporting one another uh, that is essential because while some people say i was talking to Brenda yesterday and she's like oh my son was in this protest and was so great but they feel so disheartened because nobody sees it mm. and my response was uh anyway they had a picture in the paper i was like but you you know we mustn't discount the power of somebody seeing that picture and going or somebody going past the um the the protest right and feeling that sense thank goodness people are doing something so we're feeding into that energy and so this is how this works it isn't for the um the government or the, the the oppressor who is now uh, fighting using that whole Saturn uh, Pluto thing, fighting to stay alive and to enforce that people are afraid. Mm-hmm. So we have to work around the fear by recognizing fear is just one option. It's one room. It's one way of doing it. So if we don't take in the joy of, you know, and I know there's other aspects, but I see joy as all, all the emotions, but the actual joy of people standing up like even though it may be painful and have consequences, being willing to stand up and go, you know, can't take this anymore. I'm going to use my voice in whatever way I can. And recognizing that we all must use our voices in our own ways. Some people will go to protest and hold up flags. Some people will write articles. Uh, Some of us are here to send loving energy of gratitude to those who are, who are, standing in the trenches like if we think about those people that are at the borders that are suffering so much uh we can't get caught up in pity for them because um we can have compassion but the truth is they are divine souls that's their divine mission they are taking the brunt of the stuff 
oh yeah uh, for us so if we can support them with love if we can support them sending them a ball of energy of love and protection uh, they can feel that energy i mean they've done studies of people if you say or think horrible things about a person next to you that actually has an impact on the energy so we know the reverse is also true so there's so many ways we can help to l- keep that flame lit If I think about like the idea of Vesta and all of this energy, the idea of tapping into that and saying, what is the flame that we're burning? What is the flame that has been kind of hidden and misused or misappropriated? Because the government and many uh, politicians light a flame to kind of uh, trick us, right? They hold up that flame and say, look, I care about you. And then it's all a front. And so we know that we are the ones who have to decide what is this thing we're deciding. Remember, it's the 22. What are we creating? We're creating a world where uh, people can actually be cared for and, and, and treated decently. So therefore, we must hold to that, to what is required to build it. And whatever that is for you is something you must do. Uh, so there we go. That's the Marion Williamson uh, um, impact, right? It is. This is what she's doing. She's chosen this role to kind of sacrifice herself in a, and it's kind of weird to say sacrifice, but that's all the energy of Vesta is. A sacrifice is not always a bad thing. It's not always being impaled on a, you know, on a, you know, a bloody spear, it can sometimes be something quite pleasant. But the beauty is here she's bringing in these concepts. And what's so amazing about it is she seems so normal, which she is, right? So rational. It's like we've had all these crazy people going, like anyone who says socialism or does this, they're totally crazy, uh, you know, insane person. And in actual fact, I've even heard people saying, I don't know what's so crazy about my idea of wanting that every person has dignity and gets food and health care. What's so crazy about that? And then we're going to have to go, yeah, what's so crazy about that? So we need to be more outspoken about these things, but we also need to be able to not just blurt things out, but be like Marion Williamson in a way when she's asked questions. Like I love to watch how she responds. She doesn't get all heated up. She's not defensive either. Yeah, she's not defensive. She's very calm and rational. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And so this is like it's a great role model for all of us. We've got to be calm and rational. And look, we're not going to change crazy people's minds. And we're not here to change their minds, but we can still continue, right? We can leave their camps and start creating our own camps. Uh, so I think that's to me is a lot of what this energy is about. This, and the beauty of the mystical triangle is to embrace the mystical, right? We yeah. don't know what's happening. So why don't we just, you know, to me, I look at it and I say, you know, all these people doing all this stuff, stuff throwing uh, um, they they're kind of throwing all this like anger and look over here and look what we're doing we we're torturing people look over here and i mean of course it is awful that they're doing that however while all of this stuff is stuff is in shambles i can't speak i can't say stuff (laughs) while it is all in shambles this is the most wonderful time for us to be creating and get away with it because no one's looking at us 
they, they're all looking at all these blowhards doing all this crazy stuff. So we can sneak past them and go, wow, I can do all this stuff. And then when I, when, by the time they realize who, what we're doing, we'll be on the other side and we'll have, you know, created things already. We've, We've planted done. things. So Jen talked about using your voice and um, as she said it, I was like, oh, we have a fire grand trine <laughs> as well from Mercury and Leo. <laughs> Mercury and Leo to Chiron in Aries and to Ceres in Sagittarius. And, and that's a real healing um, message as well. And as I said before, Mercury will be out of his shadow by at this point, I think just um, just before the full moon, pretty much, I believe. And, and so, you know, Ceres is the great mother. She's in the sign of Sagittarius, which is um, truth and a big vision. And then Jupiter has just turned direct in his own sign of Sagittarius, truth and big vision. So it's time to speak this vision. And I love how Jen said about how Marianne Williamson talks, because she does, she just gives her vision. She doesn't, um, you know, if people criticize it, she doesn't really go on defensive and um, which I think the left in, in politics has had a big problem with just we're go, coming from defense all the time yeah. while, while the other side kind of have their shit together and just say what they believe. <laughs> Whereas I think, you know, now kind of the more, uh, you know, and I'm going to say uh, the more spiritual kind of lefty kind of thing. I don't think it's the parties at all. Um, has to just be very clear, speak very clearly about their vision. I know another one that's doing it, if we want to talk in, uh, in the debate, is actually that Andrew Yang. He's actually coming out with some very unique approaches and things, which is very Aquarius and very Uranus going backwards. And they're not politicians. So it's fantastic. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I haven't seen him speak now. I have to because I don't watch the debate, so I'll have to go and listen. But I think this is the truth. The truth here is we are on the cusp of a new truth, right? Mm -hmm. Not only uh, will things be revealed from this full moon that are uh, hidden secrets, right? Because we also have that Jupiter-Neptune thing going on square, right? Where they're yes. um, this idea of expanding and um, exposing or bringing the truth into uh, the spiritual aspect, but also to the secrecy. So there is going to be things coming. Oh, there is. Yeah, it's going to be more revealed. Yeah. And as we talk about, it's like these people, what's so powerful about people like Marion Williamson and this guy you're talking about, Young, is they're standing their ground. They're not buying into bullshit. That's the problem with these politicians is they talk about stuff that they don't actually believe in. They're just mouthing words. So Yang called it a reality TV show. <laughs> right. <laughs> How real is it? <laughs> so that's the point is we actually have to stand in what we believe in and this divine energy that's flowing into us now. We're in a period where we're receiving all this energy the all of the um, uh, magnetic counters the Schumann register and all the other counters are all speeding up uh, even apparently the poles are uh, moving so quickly so we know that's because our our makeup is changing and so we have an opportunity to go 
I don't want that bullshit anymore. I sat under it. I took it. I believed all that stuff. I believed I was a terrible person and that I needed to suffer. And now I'm like, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm done with old fashioned religion. I'm done with people telling people that uh, look a certain way, telling me what my truth is. Yeah. And we have to be able to go, I don't care about your truth, but we have to remember the implacability and the devotion and the dedication of Vesta and of people like Marianne Williamson who are just focusing on what is it I want you to know, right? Yeah. Instead yeah. of, oh, you said something terrible about me. Now I'm going to defend myself. Yeah. So that just distracts everyone. Because if you go into, I mean, that's the tactic that like our president uses here in the U.S. is, and I think a lot of these kind of uh, so-called leaders, weak leaders, Mm -hmm. they use this tactic to distract people. They attack, right? And then what do we do? We go, oh, somebody's attacked me. Okay, I'm going to defend myself. But the best way to do it is to completely ignore what they said Mm -hmm. and just start talking about what it is oh, let me tell you about this situation. What do I want you to know, right? And I did want to mention Eris again quickly because we seem to be on a bit of a roll with it. I I, I love watching the debates, even though I scream at the TV. But (laughs) (laughs) Eris, Eris, my my favourite Eris, of course, I mentioned her that she's in aspect to the full moon and in part of this mystic triangle. I've I've talked about her before as a puller down of the picket fence or revealer of the facade. And that just came to my mind when I said about Yang describing the whole show of the primaries as as a reality TV show. <laughs> oh, I'll have to you'll have to find it, people. And, and just the the clip of him, I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere speaking he didn't get loads of speaking time at the debate but uh, and i'm not suggesting he's my candidate or anything but just these these comments always strike me when they come in and then i look at the astrology i go oh yeah (laughs) and i think that's really sorry did i interrupt you i did just want to quickly mention that we and we looked at a little bit before mars at 28 leo is um on the degree of the great American eclipse on August the 21st, 2017. So anytime that that eclipse degree is triggered, especially like on a full moon or a lunation, it's, it's probably going to bring something up from that time. You know, I probably know where that's going. I know what changed for me on that eclipse. So just think back to, uh, well, two years ago now. <laughs> and and, um, and think, you know, what's coming up now related to that? You know, there may be, because it's a full moon, there may be something you further you need to kind of eclipse out of your life. Talking of those groups. <laughs> well, what's very interesting about that is the numbers, like the 28, right, which makes a 10, and then the 17 which is the number of leaving a legacy makes an eight. Uh, So it's pretty fascinating that you have this energy of Mars, which we traditionally think about as anger, but there isn't only anger in Mars. It's our libido, it's our passion, it's our drive. uh, And it is our um, initiator, right? It's the way we initiate the flame. Mm -hmm. So in order to initiate that flame into what we desire, we have to be, strategic 
-hmm. just like these people we've been talking about who've been extremely yeah. strategic. They know that they're probably not going to have a big platform right now, but they're using their moments, those seconds to make a big impact. So they're initiating the fire. They, mm -hmm. They're feeding a, a different kind of fire. They're moving us away from fear because Mars in its um, uh, shadow is very fearful, right? It's the yeah. anger, it's the striking back, it's having revenge. So thinking about this and even Eris, I mean, she's the perfect example of how you can either determine her, her um, disruption as something wrong or as something absolutely right. Because what she's doing is as she's rolling in that ball, that apple, and she's putting the focus where the focus needs to go. It's exposing yeah. those who are so full of themselves that they can't stop thinking about themselves. Because nobody thought about her after she threw the apple. No, right. <laughs> she just, she just threw it in, caused all the uh, disruption and off she went. <laughs> exposed the flaws of the people yeah. there, right? Of the, exactly. the situation. And they, she showed them the way they are. And I think this is all part of her journey now is showing us these people who we are looking up to as leaders and expecting us, them to give us an example. They're showing us shitty examples. They're not being um, uh, leaders in integrity. And that's another aspect of that uh, um, eclipse, the great American eclipse was that opportunity of uh, finding our integrity because yeah. quite honestly i'll be honest with you even though i don't like the president we have now if he woke up tomorrow and said you know i've been a total asshole and i really want to um you know work with the people and help people mm. to change because you know we all have free will at any moment we can change we can let go of our baggage and go look i'm going to do this and actually do it i would be very happy Oh, so would I. Or even, or even if I discovered that all those uh, other people that I don't talk to anymore were right, that he was really draining the swamp and, and everything's going to fall down, then fine. You know, he's playing his part, as we've said many, many times before. Yeah. It does, just because you don't particularly like him doesn't mean you can't see that uh, it's all part no, of it. But, yeah. exactly. But my point is, that he has been out of integrity, right? Yes, he has. Yeah. Whoever has been out of integrity from that time is going to fall mm. from grace in a sense, because we're in this time of truth. And in, so some, you know, it's all going to be, uh, you know, ground into, um, you know, a new energy. So mm. all of those people, it may take a bit of time, but they're all going to um, kind of, be reduced because here's Eris. She's bringing in that ball. She's going to expose mm -hmm. them, right? Yeah, and quite a lot of people, I think. <laughs> we're, all waiting, we're all going to wait like this for the Jeffrey Epstein um, papers to be released, I think, at some point, and all those kind of things. So, okay, we're at about fifty minutes in. Um, so let's do the cards. Do you want to do your card first? Sure. So the card that I picked is this one. Well, I mean, I didn't pick it. It came out. Mm. 15 uh, Soul Portal. And for those of you who can't see it, it's a 
person in a cave. We see the back and in front is this beautiful green water and these bubbles rising from a bowl. And in the background, there is this uh, beautiful path going out of the cave with green and there's a doorway and all kinds of things. Uh, the way I read it is, and uh, I think it's very appropriate for what we've been talking about, is I see the bowl that's here as kind of the creative bowl of the, the, the person, right? They are kind of creating these bubbles from their ideas. What do they want to bring forward? What, what are the things they want to bring forward to not only benefit themselves or, or uh, you know, express the divine, to, but to be of service to the world. Um, mm. And, you and know. On the 15th, we've got the 15th. On the 15th. <laughs> and that idea of bringing forth these creative, like igniting these uh, energies that are meant to rise, the right timing, right? Divine timing of what it is that's meant to uh, rise up and be the thing that the person is going to work with. Right? And I would say it's a very green card for those that can't see it. And, Ven and green is the color of Venus. And there we are on the Venus star point in there for the actual um, full moon as well. So uh, I think v and Venus in esoteric astrology, by the way, everybody, is our higher self. It's the uh, higher incarnation of Earth. Um, because it's cl one closest to the sun. So, um, you know, I think we're being asked to create our higher selves personally. And allow it, allow that dream to come to fruition. Yeah. Allow yourself to release the old baggage, the old stories about the past and go forward. I well, did it's, want not about, it's not about work creating. It's no, about, but it it's is about, about letting it your true self. Right. And being willing to be dedicated to this journey. Like, what is it I need to focus on and do? I did want to mention the one thing we didn't mention. Well, there's probably many things we didn't mention. Yeah. But, um, Venus and Mars conjunct apparently happens every two years. Mm -hmm. Three degrees of uh, uh, Virgo. Oh, yeah. They're all going to line up at the beginning of Virgo. Um. We'll talk about that in the next one, probably, I think. All oh, right, because we have an early... We have, yes, an early new moon. So, um, you know, look out for the podcast. Um, probably right after we'll record it around the time of the full moon, uh, because we have um, full moon right at the early degrees of Virgo. I mean, a new moon, sorry. <laughs> and I forgot to mention as well, about this Venus star point. Um, Ariel Gutman is kind of written the, the Bible on Venus star points. And these, oh, it's too complicated to really tell the whole thing, but this current Venus star point, Venus moves around the zodiac, okay, and has five pointed star. But this um, period of the Leo star was joined, born during the period known as the Harmonic Convergence, August 1987. And that symbolized the start of a 25-year period that, will, that culminated in 2012, um, and probably inspired by the Mayan elders, she said. But she says, the Leo star calls to spiritual seekers around the globe whose beliefs and practices brought forth the new age. 
So in other words, it's doing what we've already said as well, but the Venus star point is um, adding to that energy, I would say. And my card. Yes. Prince of Swords. Ah. That's mastery of creative and intuitive thinking. So, you know, look at, you know, I always think of this energy behind all this diamond energy as very um, Uranus um, Aquarius kind of energy because Uranus and Aquarius energy is is very much thinking from out there in the bigger picture and making the bigger connections. And I, I find it funny how some of these cards get reflective with my green scheme. But That's green, right. It's, it's very up. interesting. It is, isn't it? But, um, you know, this... Um, this he's got the curved sickle and elong, elongated sword and they're symbols for their dynamic function of thinking. And, and this is an expression really of the animus, but it's clear thinking to me as well. Creative, intuitive, just letting, letting yourself think outside the box, not taking in anybody else's point of view, that kind of energy. And, and that's just the whole, it, I love August. It's about time we had a really exciting month, personally, because I found July a little bit. Nothing was awful, but it was kind of like a bit um, like trudging through turgid waters. I found like <laughs> in some respects. I even said that to the editor who I'm writing, uh, who's doing editing the book I'm writing. <laughs> Uh, yes that's very interesting I mean I think for me July was kind of like taffy being stretched it was all like the creative energy just being um, at the zero point of nothing so Mm -hmm. rebuilding that so I can definitely feel the difference Mm -hmm. Uh, what's interesting about August is as well we have the energy of the light right this Mm -hmm. is llamas the um, the festivals the first harvest but it's also the midsummer uh, energies coming through. It's the magical time where we're connecting to, and in this year, very highly connecting to kind of the impossible, the, you know, what's beyond our imagination and our, um, our thought process. So this high energy of um, being able to tap into that creativity and truly fill in the aspects of our soul so we can um you know manifest that i have to say say we could even have some uh some little space discovery come out energy as well maybe another dwarf planet or something will be yeah or maybe aliens learning or aliens yeah or some uh, even hidden technology they've been working on that we don't know about uh, any of those kind of things yeah so um we're gonna have to rattle through the question quite quickly because i do have to collect my daughter <laughs> so um we had a question from deborah and she said we just had some dramatic weather here in new orleans that con- coincided with an eclipse she wrote that on July the 18th, right after the full moon eclipse. Um, it occurred to me to look at dates of other major hurricanes in recent memory, and many of them are also also con- coincided with an eclipse. Is there an actual correlation, or do you think it's just a coincidence? Are there other factors involved that would need to be present to affect the weather sy- systems? It seems like there is something to it. It might make planning ahead a bit simpler. Well, I'm going to say... Um, 
she gives an example of Katrina was on an April the 24th uh, full moon lunar eclipse too, or the day before. Harvey was four days after to- the total, the big total solar eclipse in 2017. Sandy was um, a, quite a bit before the total solar eclipse, actually. Um, so a couple of weeks before at least. So not right on it. My answer is yes, the planets um, affect the weather uh, systems and also movements of the earth like earthquakes and volcanoes and things like that. There's definite correlation. Um, I myself had a flooded basement um, on a Scorpio full moon that was a completely kind of weird event almost. Um, And it was pressure in a pipe that had burst on the road outside our house. Um, But, um, and and I've seen wildfires, for example, when there's extreme fire energy, especially when it's fueled by a bit of air energy. But I don't know if it's easy to predict. I don't think it is because you might predict that there's a higher likelihood, but, um, to say you could say there's going to be this eclipse will bring a hurricane in this area of the world. I'm not so sure that's easy to do. I'm not um, a weather forecaster. It's undoubted that eclipses are heightened energy. So there's probably a little bit more likelihood, I would have thought. Um, But so, yes, it affects it. Other planetary movements also are involved, so they affect it. But um, I don't know if you can plan ahead, really. <laughs> so I'm with Louise on that. I don't think you plan ahead. The other thing I think is that we can think about every year we have eclipses, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're not having those dissolve and numerous times in the year. So we're not having those kinds of impacts every time. Yeah. Uh, so we know that it is uh, specific things. I do think that uh, Neptune uh, mm. is definitely involved when there's water stuff. So you'd have to, you know, we'd have to do a real research project to kind of figure out where is Neptune when there's a water thing and what other uh, mm. planets are impacting. Jupiter uh, expands things too. Right. You know, it's like. <laughs> right. And and we know, like in this, in like the instance of Uranus going, you know, and this probably this is true of Neptune going in and out of retrograde, right? Mm-hmm. They, there's usually some kind of Earth movement. Yeah. Uh, so we know those kinds of things, and like you say, the expansion or maybe Mars or Pluto. We don't know. They can be in certain positions, uh, but I think you would really need to study that to understand. So it is unpredictable with just kind of going with a vague guess. Well, this is like this, this is like this. So definitely a possibility, but it's not a certainty. It's not something you can guarantee. Uh, But we do know that I think more important that uh, it's the retrogrades that often will have a bigger impact. And maybe when a retrograde is happening. And also signing grasses. Uranus, of course, when Uranus moved in, when Uranus moved into Aries on that very day, there was the the big tsunami in Japan that um, that took out Fukushima. But nobody could have 
I don't think anybody predicted it. In my, my daily writings, I've quite often said there's a higher likelihood of earthquakes or there's a higher likelihood of floods or something. But it's yeah, and, and they, you know, there could be, before we know, there could be some formula, but we don't know it because somebody would have to go and research and put all those different aspects into, say, there are a couple of astrologers that claim, oh, they are? Yeah, there's a couple of astrologers that claim that they're kind of really accurate weather forecasting astrologers, but to be honest, the bits I've followed them, they're often not right as well as they're being right. Yeah. <laughs> I think like you say, it's an unpredictability. There's an unpredictability in any disaster because it's it's just like anything, three or four or five elements have to be in the right place for that to happen. Uh, so, um, yeah, there's a lot of room for um, mistakes. So you can certainly understand that it's possible and prepare for that. Uh, but you still then you wouldn't even know where it would be. Right. Exactly. Like saying like, oh, OK, there could be an earthquake or there could be a, a flood. And now, OK, there could be a flood anywhere in the world. So, so I guess my, my you know, for um, Deborah herself, I guess, you know, she said she lives in New Orleans, which, um, you know, I've been there a couple of times and it's extremely prone to flooding. And and Katrina was obviously devastating. Um, I guess maybe just, you know, just in case, make sure your uh, preparations are ready. Um, like like if you live in uh, California near the 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 big fault you know make sure your earthquake pre preparations are ready if there's a higher likelihood but it's not really that you can fully prepare so <laughs> exactly be prepared but don't uh, focus too much on it mm -hmm. exactly yeah so jen do you want to tell everybody where they can find you are we not doing the sabian symbols and all? Ooh, yes we are you do yours <laughs> <laughs> All right, 23 Aquarius. So that is a big bear sitting down and waving all its paws. Mm -hmm. A symbol of man's absolute mastery of his own lower nature and of his ability to bring every function of life to a high personal fulfillment. There oh. are limit. Huh? I said, oh, wow. We just... <laughs> I know, right? It's so weird. Yeah. Illimitable channels through which he may further each separate phase of his self-discovery. But he always must demonstrate the worth of his own individual gifts before he can participate adequately in any large reality. His soul finds itself through the excellencies it makes the very fabric of itself. The key word is aptitude. Mm -hmm. So when it's positive, the degree is a consistent desire for genuinely significant experience and a willingness to dramatize the self's potential to any necessary extent. And when negative, frantic efforts to gain and hold attention. <laughs> Oh, that's very apt. Oh, so, okay. so the Chandra symbol is ancient runes carved at random on grey rocks, learning ultimate things the hard way, 
you have to put yourself totally into every realm to experience it for yourself with a zeal for empirical wisdom or the wild edge of the scientific method. The experimental test case is yourself and you are out there all alone in vast uncharted territory just the way you like it. You've been granted the chance to prove things, to follow them out quite far, bearing a determined intelligence with karmically trained faculties of subtle perception. However, objectively speaking, this is an intensively arduous and relentless way to do it without safeguards or precedents, relying upon the moment's edge. If you can be tirelessly strong doing it this ruggedly, will prove to be the only way to go if you wish to uncover future territory without imprinting bias or distortion upon it. You have to invent the wheel in yet another dimension. I love those last words. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like the mystical triangle. Yeah, yeah. And we are, we're being upgraded, you know, into another dimension. You know, you hear people talking about we're moving into this 5D world and all that, you know, it's, it, we just are. <laughs> right. Well, we don't know if it's a 5D world, but we well, still yeah, know we're changing, right? Yeah. That's yeah. just a, a label. Well, I guess it's sensing things instead of it all just being the the, t- the touch, the scent, the physical senses. That's what the kind of what they mean. Yeah. Right, maybe. I mean, I think the key here is to be able to integrate that into your physical body. Mm. You know, it's not about us going up. With oh no! Oh God, no! It's about bringing it down to right. in, into us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How can everybody find you? All right. So they can find me on my website, jendushen.com. You can find my cards, the Illuminating Journey cards at jendushen.com backslash Illuminating Journey cards. I have a monthly group and that is also can be found on my website. It's all Polo Salon. It's a memberships group. Uh, I also uh, do write for Medium. I'm on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me in all those places under my name, Jen Duchenne. You can Google me. Um, and yeah, I have a group on Facebook, the the Light Club of the Woo Woo Weirdos of the World. Cool. And so I'm Louise Eddington. You can find me at louiseeddington.com. Um, I am the author of uh, one book and soon to be another one. The first book is Modern Astrology, and that's available on my website or on Amazon under my name. Um, If you've got my book, please leave me Amazon reviews, talking of reviews at the start. I also have a free Facebook group, Planetary Magic Cafe. Um, I write for medium.com, but they only allow three. I write for the um, membership on medium.com and they only allow three free articles a month and I write nearly every day. So if you want all my articles, you I have a membership site that's also linked to on my uh, website, louiseeddington.com. And for just $10 a year or a dollar a month, you can just get my written articles and um, occasional live streams as well. Uh, but just Google my name. I'm on Instagram too. I've been having a lot of fun lately, actually on Instagram. Um, it didn't, it took me a while to 
get to love the site, but I do now. Um, but I probably spend most of the time on Facebook. So, but um, welcome you wherever you find me. And please, for our podcast, if you enjoy us, leave us a review on iTunes, a written one preferably, not just the stars, but either will do. And send us your questions to weirdlymagicalpodcast at gmail.com and you might be featured on one of the episodes. So for now, it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen.